Hi y'all, this is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer that this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. Then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement this week. You can also find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Let's get started. Hey Ventura, California, I'm coming to you. The beach is calling me. I'm going to be in Ventura, California on Saturday, October 15th. If you live in the Ventura County or you and your friends are in driving distance, join me for an all-day seminar, Just Breathe and Simplify Your Homeschooling. Now during the morning session, I'm going to be sharing eight simple strategies that you can apply immediately to help you remove the chaos from your life and to simplify your home and your homeschooling while still focusing on what's truly important and having fun. The afternoon session is going to focus on how to use a less is more curriculum. I'm going to be sharing how to teach almost every subject, including math, in a simple and inexpensive way that educates the whole child using a Christ-centered, literature-based, interest-led, family-style approach. Then, I always end with an open Q&A session. So, if you would like more information or you would like to register, go to my website, coffeewithcarry.org. If you would like for me to visit your area and host a Just Breathe and Simplify Your Homeschooling seminar, shoot me an email at coffeewithcarry.org and let's get it organized. Hi, y'all, and welcome back. So I really think you're going to like this week's episode because I'm focusing on a question that I hear all the time. I have asked this question hundreds of times myself. Am I doing enough? And are my kids doing enough? You know, when kids come home to homeschool, moms are always surprised at how much time they have on their hands. And what I mean by this is that moms are thrown off by how much schoolwork can actually get done in just a few hours a day. Students can do all of their work in less than half the time than when they were in school. And the moms realize that just how much time their kids were wasting in school. And this extra time is one of the many blessings and one of the many gifts of homeschooling. So moms, let me answer the question. Don't worry, you are doing enough. I did enough and your kids are doing enough. God created your children to be learning and eating machines. If your kids have opportunities throughout the day to learn, then they're gonna learn. So embrace the extra free time with loving and accepting arms. And the challenge, though, is not to fill up all of their free time. I know that sounds kind of weird, but actually our kids don't have to be engaged in structured learning and structured play and organized sports during all of their free time. They don't need it. And actually they're quite better off with limited structure play and organized sports. So let me talk about it. So with all of this extra free time, 
you will always hear another statement and you will hear it quite a lot. I know I did. Your kids are going to come to you with, Mom, I'm bored. And when they do, just smile because you know that boredom is a gift. You may not see it this way at first, and your kids will definitely not see it this way in the beginning, but it's true. Boredom is a gift. Boredom breeds creativity. It's necessary to let kids get bored once in a while. That's how they learn to be creative. Great boredom produces much productivity. When boredom strikes, creativity usually takes over. It's a good thing when your kids come to you whining, Mom, I'm bored. Don't try and fix it. Let them wallow in it for a while and then watch what happens. Now, if they're used to appeasing their boredom with screen time, then some detox might need to take place first. Now, in 2021, statistics showed that children ages 8 to 12 in the United States, are you ready for this? Spent four to six hours a day on average watching or using screens. And teens spent up on average nine hours a day. Now, guys, that's the average, which means there are outliers out there that spent even more time than this on their screens. And this four to six hours in the statistics that's reported is time spent on screens for entertainment purposes. <laughs> this doesn't even take into account the screen time for education purposes. Over a year, this average can add up to over 115 full days of watching a screen for fun. So if your child or teen is used to occupying his time and, and feeding his boredom with YouTube and TV shows and social media and things like TikTok and video games, then you will need to help them learn how to jumpstart their creative juices again. Now, one of my favorite books, and I've mentioned it before, is by Richard Louvre. It's called The Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. Now, in this book, he discusses the benefits of, you know, being in nature. But he also talks a lot about the importance of getting back to the carefree days of childhood and allowing our kids to have hours and hours of unstructured playtime. Yes, he suggests most of that playtime take place outdoors, but nonetheless, he spends a lot of time talking about the importance of bringing back unstructured playtime. Now, there are benefits to being bored. <laughs> I know, it sounds funny, but let me, let me share some of them. First, boredom allows for wholesome and natural child development. So in his book, Richard Louvre, he states, the physical exercise and emotional stretching that children enjoy in organized play is more varied and less time bound than what is found in organized sports. Playtime, especially unstructured, imaginative, exploratory play, is increasingly recognized as an essential component of wholesome child development. Now, I'm not bashing organized sports and activities. We participated in a lot of them when my kids were growing up. I just agree with this statement. 
that as parents, it's not our job to fill up our kids' social calendar with non-stop organized sports and activities. Not only does this create stress trying to juggle everyone's schedule, but it stresses families out when they're going from one thing to the next. If given enough time to just play, kids will figure out how to occupy their time and usually they'll figure it out in a very constructive, creative, and imaginative way. Now, when kids are bored, they also learn how to entertain themselves without the use of screens. When forced to find something to do, children will learn how to occupy their time. Another benefit or another gift is that boredom also makes children and teens more productive. Now they have time to do the things they were supposed to do, or now they have time to finally do the things they want to do. They have time to explore and to dig deeper into things they're interested in and into things that they're good at or to do things that they want to spend time doing. Also, fewer distractions allows more time for imagination, for thinking, and for problem solving. Boredom really does breed creativity. When the busyness of the world comes to a standstill and the noise of the world is muted for a while, it allows precious quiet space. It opens a child's eyes to the beauty that's been around him the entire time but was just too busy to notice. Your son notices the crack in the pavement and the little creatures crawling in it. He notices the book or the puzzle on the shelf or on the table or on the floor that's been there patiently waiting for him to pick it up and to explore it. Boredom is the main reason that I love to strew. Now, if you're not familiar with the art of strewing, it goes hand in hand with the art of boredom. Now, I did a two-part podcast series explaining what exactly is strewing and how you can use it in your home and your homeschooling to spark curiosities and how to help your children learn to beat the boredom blues. So make sure you check out season two. They're episodes number 69 and number 70. It's called The Art of Strewing. Okay, so now that we talked about the benefits and the gifts of boredom, What can we do when our kids come to us with that dreaded whining complaint? Mom, I'm bored. Well, honestly, I loved it when my kids came to me with I'm bored because I turned it into an afternoon of much needed cleaning. Yep, I utilized child labor. I used it and I, my friends, am a better person for it. And so are my kids. (laughs) There's nothing like good old-fashioned, honest, hard work mixed in with a little sweat and some really good music in the background to fix bad ideas and to get rid of boredom. Now, if a child was bored, there's also a good chance that there was some chore that he or she was supposed to do but didn't get to it. So, I turned the I'm bored around to good. Now you have time to do X, Y, or Z. But there were always other cleaning and organizing jobs that needed to be tackled. When you're a homeschool mom, you really do have to pick and choose your battles and your priorities. I know for me, having a tidy house was one priority for me. But I gave in on having a spotless, dust-free house. It just wasn't a battle I was willing to fight. So when the kids were bored, 
I handed them a broom, a mop, a vacuum, a toilet scrubber, some cleaning tool that their age and maturity level could handle, and then I set them loose, either to the nearest floor that needed to be clean, the nearest sink that needed to be scrubbed, or the nearest appliance that needed to be wiped down. One of my kids loved to scrub and clean. The other one loved to organize. So when she came to me with, I don't know what to do, mom, I'm bored. I sent her to the kitchen, to our closets, or to her brother's room to reorganize things. Your kids can reorganize the Tupperware containers, and I swear I have no idea how and why I have more lids than containers, but I always do. My daughter loved reorganizing our spices in our pantry. She loved organizing and reshelving our bookshelves, and she loved reorganizing our storage closet. Sometimes she even offered her organizational skills to her brother and would spend the day reorganizing his room, his closet, and his bookshelves. His organized chaos, I say that lightly, (laughs) uh, was more than she could handle too. And in all honesty, cleaning is my husband's go-to when he's bored. He finds all kinds of things to clean when there's no yard work to do or phone calls to make. It's one of the many hidden blessings of having an ADHD husband. He can't sit still, so his constant motion tends to include cleaning, planting, or organizing. And that's probably why my ADHD son thrives when asked or sent (laughs) to clean something. So to answer the original question, are my kids doing enough? Yeah. And when they're helping you clean, cook, or organize, they're learning important life skills. They're learning teamwork. And they're learning things that they simply cannot learn from a book. Now, another way to capitalize on the gift of boredom is to manage the toys. First, clean out the toy clutter. Sometimes when there's so many toys to choose from, none are picked. It can be overwhelming to some kids. And some toy gems may be hidden in the pile of plastic, colorful, noisy toys. So get rid of or donate the toys that do all the thinking for your kid. Or at least store those toys in a closet or a bin and take them out sparingly. Only put out several toys at a time. There's no need to put out all of your kids' toys at the same time. This allows your kiddos a chance to really notice the toys that are out without being distracted by so many choices. Put the other toys in a bin or a closet and then rotate them. After a month or so, Take out some new toys and put the ones your kids were playing with in the storage closet for a while. You'll find this helps you save money on toys too. When some of their old favorite toys come back out out of the closet, it's like Christmas for them. Or it's like an old friend has come to visit for a while. Then give your child open-ended toys to play with, like blocks and Legos and those awesome magnetic tiles and dress-up boxes and and clothes to play with and piles of rocks, things that can be played with over and over again. But each and every time, the process and the end product will be different. Again, listen to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast, episodes number 69 and 70 on the art of strewing. It will give you tons of ideas on things that you can strategically place around the house in lieu of toys. Now, another way to beat boredom and to let boredom breed creativity is to always have lots and lots of art supplies on hand and easily accessible. Now, I've mentioned this before in several other episodes, but we had a little art corner in our home. 
It was a little kid-friendly table nestled in a corner next to a few bookshelves. It was in the space of our house that, you know, it could get messy, and where if a few paint stains got on the wall or the floors, it didn't really matter. Now, sometimes I had a disposable tablecloth on it for easy cleanup, too. Now, I made sure our art bins were fully stocked with items from the dollar store and with items from those super great back-to-school sales at Target. The bins were organized and full of all kinds of arts and crafts supplies. And it also helped me to have this art corner with a fully stocked art supplies when a lesson or project called for super glue or feathers or something odd. I pretty much knew I probably had those items already in our art corner. I had a variety of papers and cardboard and stock paper, too, with varying sizes and colors and shapes and texture. I never knew what was inside my daughter's pretty little head, so I just made sure any and all kinds of paper and art supplies were available for her creative whims. On the shelves were not only different art supplies, but how-to books and artist books. On the display shelf, I displayed a print or two of a masterpiece I wanted to do an art study on during morning time. I also figured beautiful artwork was a form of inspiration. And then next to the print or the prints, I also displayed a book or two about the artist. Sometimes it was a picture book. Sometimes it was one of those beautiful coffee table anthologies of the artist's masterpieces. And sometimes it was both if I had them. On one shelf by the art nook were tons and tons of how-to books. How to draw different things like animals and portraits and landscapes. How to do origami, step-by-step books. How to do quilling. I loved doing quilling projects with my kids. How to make masks. How to turn a paper, a brown paper bag into anything. Yes, I found this book at a garage sale and my kids loved it. I had American Girl craft books. How to watercolor, how to do calligraphy, how to do brush painting. You name it, it was on that shelf. This way, when my kids were bored, they could sit at the art table and either get creative or teach themselves a new skill. My kids were also very musical, so I had a music box for them too, and it was next to the keyboard. It was full of different portable instruments that they could use to create music and music they could just listen to while they were resting on the floor. Yes, sometimes this got a bit noisy, but as the kids grew up, They moved from the loud music box to practicing their violin or working on a musical theater solo or composing their own songs on the keyboard. Now, two of my favorite ways to utilize the gift of boredom is to get outside into nature and to cuddle up with a good book. Both allow your child to explore. Again, in Richard Liu's book, The Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder, he states, Time in nature is not leisure time. It's an essential investment in our children's health, and also, by the way, in our own health. Now, I remember growing up and literally playing outside all day long. We rode our bikes everywhere. We played kick the can until the street lights came on. We played in the woods that were once behind my childhood home. We would swim for hours in a friend's pool, or we would play on our slip and slide until we were burnt to a crisp. My mom would tell my brother and I to just go outside and play. She didn't send us with toys or gadgets or even with ideas. She just needed a break from our constant bickering and she would send us outside. And when it was summer, it was just a given. 
We would leave in the morning to go to our friend's house and we would return in time for dinner. Somehow, we figured things to do and we figured out games to play. If we didn't have a ball or bases, we used sticks and whatever we could find. I wasn't a climber, but many of my friends were. They would climb the trees and sit up there for hours playing pretend or just talking. Shockingly, children are actually safer in 2022 than they were 20 years ago. Statistically speaking, of course. The things that we're so afraid will happen to our kids if we let them free to roam for a while are actually happening less and less today than when our parents sent us out for unsupervised play. And I love watching Stranger Things with my adult kids. They always make comments about, don't the parents care? They haven't checked on the kids in forever. They have no idea where they are. And my son, he jokes with me all the time. And he says, I would, me personally, I would never have survived if I was an 80s mom. (laughs) I'm not saying just throw caution to the wind and lock your kids outside unsupervised until they find something to do. But I am saying it's okay to let kids be kids and maybe do things that we find a bit scary or unsettling. Now, I remember when we hosted our Creation Science Backyard Club. There were two boys in particular I remember. One was a climber, one was a runner. The climber would shoot up our super tall pine tree way past the fence line, and all the moms would gently ask his mom, is he okay up there? And her response was perfect every time. She'd say, oh, he's a great climber. He's fine up there. (laughs) It didn't faze her at all. Did the boy break a few arms during his childhood? Yep. But apparently that led him to better climbing and safety skills. The mom knew that he was a good climber, so she was okay with letting him take those risks. Now, when my kids would come in crying and upset because they fell off their bike or, you know, something similar, My response was always, is there blood or is something broken? And if the answer was no, then off I sent them back out to play. Now, obviously, we want our kids safe, but trying to shield them from any and all kinds of skin knees or minor movement accidents will only make them as fearful as we are. Stranger danger is a good thing, but also look at how our mask and COVID frenzy has traumatized an entire generation. There are kids in school today who were toddlers when the whole mask mania thing began. They're normal. All they know is that all strangers are dangerous and seeing a smile on someone's face is scary because they don't have a mask on to protect them from the so-called dangerous germs. Kids in kindergarten and first grade today are more anxious than any other generation before. They're fearful And they've learned that from their parents' reaction to COVID and masks. So when your kids are bored, give them the time and space to explore the backyard, climb a tree, jump over the fence, make up games with friends, play in the hose, build stuff with a real hammer, (laughs) and even ride their bikes to their friend's house. Try to resist the urge to send them out with toys in hand. Encourage unstructured play. Let them make up their own rules, be their own umpires, and create their own games. It's really okay to not have every minute of their day planned and full of activity. 
Now, if your kids are in some kind of organized sport or physical activity, that's great. Just try to limit how many they're involved in. Because the downtime is good for the brain and it's needed for the soul. Ironically, childhood obesity has simultaneously risen with the rise and organized sports participation. Now, I'm not saying that one caused the other, but I am saying that one didn't necessarily eliminate the other. Like I said, two of my favorite ways to utilize the gift of boredom is to get outside into nature and to cuddle up with a good book. Both allow your child to explore. When my kids came to me bored, I always suggested to them that they go read a book. And if they weren't reading yet, then I suggested they go listen to a good book. Again, Richard Louvre accurately states in his book, The Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder, says that reading stimulates the ecology of the imagination. What better way to engage the imagination than to read? The mind is forced to picture the characters in the setting. Your kids get to be friends with people that they may never have a chance to meet in real life. And they get to travel to places that they may never get a chance to see. Long ago in a galaxy far, far away (laughs) begins one of my favorite stories. And reading often leads to imitation. There are many days I found my kids outside acting something out that we just read together in a book. And there were many a times I found my daughter reading a picture book that we just finished reading together to her stuffed animals and dolls. And when they're older, suggesting they spend time in God's word and in prayer is a great option when your teens find they have extra time on their hands. If reading is not your child's natural choice for pastime activities, the suggestion to go read a book over time may be just what your child or teen needs to start developing that lifelong habit of reading for enjoyment. So mamas, don't worry. Don't stress and don't fret if your children have lots of time on their hands. You are doing enough and your kids are doing enough. It isn't an epic fail if your kids are bored. It's actually a gift. Embrace it. Take advantage of it. Boredom will be one of your child's greatest teachers and one of your child's favorite playmates. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining me, you can find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. I also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at my Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify your homeschooling, then this is a perfect book to read. Now, if you heard something you liked or something new, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a homeschooling friend who feels like she's just not doing enough. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and our homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and my book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.